You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. What is up, everybody? I got a little house cleaning to do on this intro before we get started with this wonderful and totally off-topic episode with Mr. Philippe Herndon from Caroline Guitar Company, which, if you've listened to any of his previous episodes, should come as no surprise that when him and I get together, we start going in all kinds of different directions, to say the least. But anyway, house cleaning first. So, first and foremost, we wrapped up that big pedal raffle, and man, the results are in. We raised $12,492 for these organizations, and I could not be happier with how the gear community has rallied around and made this just a fantastic giveaway. Huge shout out to all the companies involved. Huge shout out to Grant and Karen over at Bigger Pedals for helping organize and do a lot of the heavy lifting on this thing. We have not selected the winner yet as I record this, but we will be announcing the winner on socials the day this episode drops. So you can go to Instagram and Facebook and look for all of that. So yeah, that's that. Yeah, twelve over 12 grand. So awesome. So, so awesome. And it went directly to the organizations. It was a lot more legwork for me because I was literally manually replying to every single entry so people knew that I received it. Uh, But it cut out the middleman that way. That way, all the money went right to the organizations and we didn't have to pay extra fees or anything like that. I really liked that we selected direct action charities and were directly supporting them. So that was really, really cool. Secondly, I haven't brought this up in a little while, but if you'd like to support the show and you're planning on buying some gear, there's two great ways you can do that that cost you nothing extra and help scratch my back a little bit, keep the lights on around here. One of those is ToneMob.com slash Sweetwater. If you go to ToneMob.com slash Sweetwater, any purchase you make through that link will come back and help support the show. You'll see a list of gear that I personally recommend on that list. You don't have to buy that stuff. You just need to go through that link. So if you're planning on buying, you know, a mic stand or something, you can go through that link and go to the mic stand section of Sweetwater's website and it will know to attribute that purchase to me. And it doesn't cost you anything extra. It just takes a little bit of that purchase and puts it in my pocket. So thank you for those that have already done that. Another option is tonemob.com slash reverb. If you see something that you want, you know, maybe a vintage pedal or something that Sweetwater wouldn't carry or some off the wall brand or, you know, you know what reverb's good for. They got all kinds of different stuff. Go to tonemob.com slash reverb and any purchasing you do through that will help out. Additionally, if you go to tonemob.com slash reverb and you sign up for a new account, let's say you don't use reverb currently, but you're planning on it. You sign up for a new account, that helps me as well. They really like that, and that doesn't cost you any money at all. So if you could do that, that would be wonderful. So thank you so much for everyone that uses those links. It really helps a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And if you're going to be buying the gear anyway, there you go. There's two options for you. ToneMob.com slash Sweetwater and ToneMob.com slash Reverb. So thank you very much. All right. That was a long intro. Let's stop. Let's get this show on the road. A very, very wonderful and off-topic discussion with Mr. Philippe Herndon from Caroline Guitar Company. Here we go. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob Podcast, a show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, and with me today, I have, returning, the legendary Philippe Herndon 
from Caroline Guitar Company. What's going on, my dude? Hey, how are you doing, my man? Good to hear from you. Oh man, I'm doing pretty good, all things considered. To be uh, to be totally honest and clear, you managing the, uh, you know, hanging in there basically. Ma- which is managing the good. dystopia. Yeah, um, <laughs> I have to be honest. It, I've said this on a couple episodes, but it really freaked me out when uh, things were rolling in, like probably more than necessary. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I'm not concerned. I'm still very extremely concerned, but it's like, okay, my, my tension has like settled a little bit and it's like, okay, this is just what we're doing now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I saw that, um, that meme going around of John Krasinski where he's showing the two bar graphs. It's like March. It's like COVID is like a small graph. It's like fear of COVID is giant, you know? And then it's like, now mm-hmm. it's like COVID is big and fear of COVID is way low. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's like that's not really reasonable, but that seems no. to be a very consistent uh, attitude with who everyone I talk to, even those that are very like, concerned and aware. They're generally like, well, I like people are just generally a little bit less freaked out than they were at first. I don't know why I'm I definitely feel that way. Yeah. It makes no sense at all. It, it's it's boggling. And um, I, you know, I. I I just want things to get back to normal. And the way we get back to normal is by being responsible, wearing our masks, keeping our distance, restricting things and trying to starve this thing out. I don't, I wish there was a way we could rally people around trying to starve this thing out. You know, we can have baseball and live music and uh, bars and all that stuff again, when we actually do our homework and starve it out, you know? Um, and it's just it's it breaks my heart a little bit, but you know we'll see if maybe there's the wake up call. I uh, here in South Carolina, the wake up call seems to have been um, the state superintendent announced that she may just not let schools reopen, and all of a oh, sudden wow. it's like oh, like you can f- just feel every every Gary and Karen that's been going to uh, happy hours just all of a sudden just like drop their drink, you know, just like. The what? <laughs> like, like, yeah, you'll be homeschooling again in August, and it's like, you're you're you're, you're kidding, you're kidding, like right. you know, and I think that seems to have gotten people's attention here a little bit because I got to be honest, I'm terrible at homeschooling. I'm really bad. <laughs> I mean, well, my, yeah, my son just turned five, and so I'm like. What so that's kind of a weird transition anyway, right? You know, now he's going to be going to well, maybe going to school, right? Yep. Uh, yep. Which is a weird transition without some sort of uh, you know, plague. Yeah. And now, now it's like it's going to be even weirder. Like mm-hmm. I don't because who knows what's going to happen. Oh, Oregon's kind son- of strange because we've had uh, one of the lowest case counts uh, of out of any of the states pretty much this whole time. Yep. And um you guys in Wyoming. And, <laughs> yeah, which doesn't really make any sense being as we're sandwiched between California and Washington. Uh I don't really understand that, but you know, we did shut things down pretty early and whatever. I don't know. It's weird cuz we're definitely seeing a spike right now, but since yeah. we had so few cases, it's still like way lower than anywhere else, so people still are kind of like Huh? What's going on? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea. I'm not an infectious disease expert. 
I just yeah. know <laughs> that I don't go around and lick doorknobs. That's what I. Oh my that's god. What I know. <laughs> I'm a. I'm abjectly terrified. I think you, I, you and I have laughed about this on Facebook. You've commented or noticed, like, oh my god, like I'm. Uh, I'm friends with a uh, an Associated Press photographer who does stuff for AP and Getty Images and stuff. Who's in Colombia? He took a rocking profile picture of me once playing a Stratocaster. Feels rocking to have uh, an acclaimed you know photojournalist take your profile pic um but uh he posts these photos of the neighborhood near my house that are literally just look like like teenage babylon you know <laughs> it's just oh, like man. you know it's just pure like nothing but like 20 somethings just piled on top of each other you know, waiting to go into bars or whatever, no distancing, no masks, no, no nothing. And I'm just like, man, you know, it's like, we're having a spike here. And I'm like, who would have thunk it? You know, like, like, so it's just, we're, we see this stuff and I'm like, okay, yeah, I've been like, I, I've been seeing this happening and literally our case counts have been doubling our daily case count doubled and then doubled again. So it's like quadrupled in uh, a month and it's uh, it's genuinely, it's generally starting to hit people close to us. And um, it's scary. It's definitely, we, um, we filmed some stuff a month or so ago that we would have not filmed now, you know, where everybody's socially mm-hmm. distanced for a couple weeks. And then, we got together and filmed some stupid footage and everyone had been clear and stuff. And then like, now I'm like, there's no way we would have filmed this stuff. Just wouldn't have done it. You know, we would have either mm-hmm. all been wearing masks or we would have just said, nah, we can't do it. You know? Um, right. But now it's like, we get to, um, you know, we all, we all are dealing as best as we can, but you know, hopefully, um, we can try to knock this stuff out because I miss live music, man. I miss it oh, so man. hard. It's my favorite. It's like my favorite thing to go with, do. Like both mm-hmm. my wife and I just like live music is our is our, you know, that's our kind of our hobby, I guess, for lack of a better term. Like that's what we enjoy going and doing as a couple is watching artists that we like perform. Yep. That's that's when we leave the kids with grandma, that's what we're doing. We're not probably going to a movie. We're going to a concert. And I'm so jealous of I you to leave that. the kids with grandma though. I'm jealous of you. Oh man. Like, cause, cause here it's like a sitter is easy. 20 to 25 bucks an hour for two small kids. Cause we have five, we mm-hmm. have a five year old and a three year old as well. So like mm-hmm. I can tell you like, I'm like, this better be worth it. Cause we're out a hundred bucks. Right. No. Well, <laughs> you know, like I'm like, like this is a hundred bucks. You know, like that's you know that's a new mic for a recording interface. You know, like this this night better be worth it. You know. Um, no, I hear that for sure. Our yeah, last we, night, our I've got I, I got a, you, you'll appreciate this with a with a five year old. Our last night of going out, we had booked dinner reservations, and. Nine minutes before we were supposed to leave, the sitter calls and cancels. Nine oh. minutes. Nine. Like literally 551, she calls and cancels. And we were scrambling because this was a very this was our date night. This was important, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh we scramble, and the only person who will bail us out is 
um, one of my friends uh, who lives like a couple blocks away, he has a 14-year-old son, and he said, my 14-year-old son and his friends will watch your two kids, five-year-old and three-year-old, okay? Mm -hmm. So they come over, and 14-year-olds are like, it's weird, because it's like when you have so many kids, you lose perspective on all these things. 14-year-olds are like full-size adults, but they're still kids, Right. You know, <laughs> right, right. So it's kind of terrifying because you're looking at them. And you're like, are they going to raid the liquor cabinet? Are they going to trash my house? Are they going to look for cash? Are they going to whatever? Right. Four 14 year olds mm -hmm. there with their phones. They look and it's just so weird. So awkward because I'm like, they're clearly teenagers. And they're not like the teenagers who have sat my kids before. Were like all lubby dubby. And like they're four teenage boys, 14 years old. Right. And, uh, it's like my kids are terrified. My three-year-old's hiding. My five-year-old's running around. He's hiding. Finally, after like 30, 40 minutes, my five-year-old comes out. And I was like, do you want to show them how well you play Super Mario? And he just starts crushing on Super Mario Brothers. Like just crushing. And those 14-year-olds like all kind of look up from their phone like what on earth is happening here there's like a five-year-old <laughs> he's on level five he's like oh i do this this and then blah blah and then i can warp to level eight and they're just like okay and i'm like all right we're gonna go i hope this is good we have somebody going to go get them burger king or something like that we go we have dinner we come back out later we come back later nine something i'm like wow and the kids are literally just sitting around on their phones in our living room I'm like, what happened? And they're like, uh, Raymond, your five-year-old, or Mia, the three-year-old, got into her jammies. She used the potty once. It wasn't bad. Uh, blah, blah, blah. We drew short of straws. One of us got it. And then promptly fell asleep on top of, like, one of the dudes. <laughs> like, literally, he's holding <laughs> a three-year-old, like, baby Yoda. And the three-year-old just goes, falls asleep and he's like okay so he's like he does what he thinks he should which is he puts her in bed turns the lights out i'm like you did ace work man perfect you know, what happened with raymond and he's like raymond proceeded to kick all our butts at super mario and mario kart and then at about 8 30 he said i'm tired of this and went to sleep just on his own what <laughs> what <laughs> Like, like almost like dropped the mic, like, and I'm done here. Like I've, I'm bored of schooling all of you guys. And <laughs> oh man. It, <laughs> like he never does that. Like getting him and his sister to sleep here is like an adventure at all times. And my five-year-old just like drops the mic on these kids. On these 14, like, I'm tired of this. Like I'm tired of beating you at Mario Kart and Super Mario. So I'm he was bored now. He was, bored. he was bored. He was literally, he had beaten them. He, like, for him to have played two hours of video games and have just been like, I'm bored of beating you people. Like, like it's just unbelievable. Like, I was like, you guys couldn't have given him a little bit more of a run for his money here? You know? It's, it'd be like me playing basketball against LeBron James. Like, <laughs> I can shoot some hoops, you know? But after a while, he would just be like, this is so stupid. Like, why yeah, am but, I even doing this anymore? <laughs> But if LeBron was five and he was doing this, like that's the part. <laughs> like that's I'll the be part honest. Just, I'm really bad at video games. I would yeah. probably get schooled by Raymond as well. So I just think it's hilarious because, like, I have, of course, because I'm a Gen Xer, have taught my kids uh, Gen X video games. You know, mm -hmm. like, like, it, but 
Raymond, he crushed. Um, we got a Wii with a bunch of games loaded on it just for his amusement, and I'm so glad we did before this pandemic. Let me tell you. Oh um, yeah, it's like it's like been huge. And I, I'm, I started looking into getting something like a Switch or something but with more modern games and stuff. But he's been having a blast. But he beat Mario 64, which I I didn't beat in college. Like he I've beat never, Mario 64. Like I don't think I've ever beat actually beat a video game. Like I don't he, think I ever have. <laughs> my son. Okay, this is exact. This is why I can't be homeschooling. My son does like maybe an hour of like activities and writing and reading every day. And then the rest of the time he's playing games with his sister. He's watching video shows with his shows on TV. Hopefully they're not completely all dumb. He does love PBS kids. But the, the other thing he'll do, do is he will play Mario 64 and then he will watch these Amazon videos of this guy named Bricks O'Brien who, um, was like actually pretty funny, but it's almost like videos of him playing through these games and commenting. And Raymond studies this guy. Like he studies the moves and stuff and he's like, oh, okay. And then proceeds to crush games. It's That's like so crazy. It's crazy. It's like, it's like, I, I mean, we're getting like a little preview, whatever he gets into next. Like, you know, like hopefully it's not MMA fighting. You know, like, (laughs) why not? Dad, uh, dad, man, I am, I am, I am too old to like have an 11 year old want to try like holds on me. Absolutely not. No way. Like I will put you in the Kimura. It'll be fine. I'll I'll be 52 at that point. And and then that'll be just like, no, I don't really feel like getting choked out by 11 year old. You know, 11 year old, like Kato, Kato strength. You know, like, no thanks. You know, at that point, I just want to, like, see, like, what Beatles songs can I learn this week? You know? Of course. course. Yeah, you know. But, yeah, that's That's interesting. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, yeah. No, you were saying this. No, you are saying. I'm sorry. I was just saying that's actually funny that you brought up MMA because, like, I've been thinking about, like, all the crazy situations that you that I found myself in in my life. And how much better it would have been if I would have had like a blue belt at least in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Oh like, my god. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like not to like I won't want to beat anybody up, not like that, but like you literally could just like defuse a problem and then it's no longer a problem. You know, because the jujitsu in, in particular, like is a from my understanding of it, because I've never done any martial arts, it's a thing that you you can put somebody in a compromised position without actually damaging them if you know what you're doing you know yes. what i mean yeah and so i'm like that seems like a great thing to know how to do seems like a fantastic skill set you know i've been really been thinking like once this is all over like i wonder if i should put put my kid into a class like that and also maybe join one myself because i'm not i'm not that old yet maybe i should yeah. like learn some of this stuff i don't you know. know who you know who's great at that stuff is do you know matt from ren and cuff I don't know him, know him, but I know we've talked before. So, yeah, yeah. he so he's I want to say he's like a brown belt in it. Like he definitely Mm -hmm. has done jujitsu and he is like it's been like a big life thing for him. And he talks about it like changing his life, his discipline, his things. He got into it for his kid and for him like this is something we'll both go. But he started he was 
he was going well after his kid got bored up to he's like no i need to go and i think there's something about the camaraderie and like a discipline and learning something new and like the learning curve but also like being physically active but not in a let me just sit at the treadmill and jog for 30 minutes way you know Mm -hmm. but just like you're gonna do this you're gonna do this you're gonna do this and time flying and he's with a group of people and like he's like oh this like i'm losing weight and i'm more flexible and i'm in a better mood and all this stuff you know (laughs) yeah you know and i was thinking about it's like he's raising a lot of points he's like i want to find a studio i think you need to do it and i was like that sounds great and then all this covid stuff happened but uh Uh, but yeah he uh yeah i'm not gonna be wrestling with anybody anytime soon if i can avoid it um but I, I saw a great column by like a black belt in jujitsu and someone was asking him how to defuse situations. He said, well, the first recourse is to not get into a not fight. Do it. So like, yeah, yeah get like, out, try to get out of it, run away. Yeah. Whatever. Like he hits. was giving these yeah. great tips. Like some guy comes up to you and is like, Hey, I saw you, you were looking at my girl. Right. And he's like, here's what you do. You say, I'm sorry. I, I mistook her for someone I went to high school with. She looks a lot like someone I went to high school with. I didn't know that was your girl. I swear. I wasn't sure if it was who I knew or didn't know. Let me buy you a beer. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's like, at mo- at, he's like, let me buy you and your girl a beer. She's like, you get out of there. You spend 12 bucks. It, 12 bucks is way less expensive than like a deductible. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, even if you win a fight, like, now, like, when, when we were kids, man, we used to just wind up and, like, hit each other, you know? Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, 100%. I was like, damn, like, it was, this was like some octagon stuff that we did when we were in, like, up to fifth grade, you know? I look back on it, I was like, this was like full on haymakers and you know, uppercuts and everything. And now I'm like, as an adult, I'm like, if I hit somebody that hard, I probably would break my hand too. And I'm like, mm-hmm. great. So now I've got to go to the hospital. And like, can you imagine going to the ERs now with like COVID era when you're like you're masked up and everyone's an N95 and you have a broken hand and you're trying to say, I'm sorry, I broke my hand, got in a stupid fight, you know? And then you're in a walled off room and, that, and you're paying three grand for them to put a couple fingers in splints. And you're like, three grand. That was 30 babysitters. <laughs> That was thirty nights. You know, like, that was thirty nights out. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think that was about, thirty you know, shows you could have gone to see. Thirty shows. So many shows. So many shows. Yeah. It would have been such a good time. And now I'm just oh sitting here with the splints on my finger. Yeah, because I got into a fight. Like great. Like just like, you know, like what and shows that's if am you I won. have to skip? That's yeah, if, and that's, that's if, if you win, win the fight. Yeah, if you lose, who knows what you're dealing with? Who knows? Because like, yeah, you have you have a tooth pulled or some stuff. Ugh, let me tell you, I had a, I've had I've had to deal with an implant recently, like a dental implant. No fun. Ooh. Yeah, brutal. I say do whatever you have to to avoid that circumstance. That's no fun. Yeah, I think about the the things that we used to do, I and mean, even like in middle school. So in middle school. I don't, I don't even understand how they let us do this, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But every lunchtime, I would inhale my lunch as fast as possible so that we could have maximum basketball time. But oh, I'm here yeah. to tell you, it was not basketball. No. It was basketball combined with rugby. Yeah. Combined with a little bit of, little bit of street fighting 
It was the craziest thing. Like we would just like that fouls didn't exist. Like people yeah. like you'd tra- be dribbling to the hoop and somebody would just tackle you. Yeah. <laughs> and, yep. and I, like, I don't know what the rhyme or reason for it was. And then like, you know, I think back and I feel, I still feel awful about this to this day. Yeah. I feel entirely awful, but this kid tripped me like on purpose. We, and we did it. It was all in good fun. Like nobody was yeah. mad at each other. This is what you did. And yeah. this kid tripped me and I fell right on my face and I was like, that's it. And then I was like, I'm, I'm going to have to get him for this. You know, oh, yeah. Pay, get him back. Pay, payback. Yep. It's time for payback. Uh-huh. Yep. And so he's walking away from me and I trip him real good, just like he did to me, except. Oh, yeah. This, except this kid falls right next to the bleachers, cracks his forearm on the bleachers and breaks his arm. Oh, and I, he, I'm just man. like, no. And he's like my friend, like. Like, I was like, no, no, I'm so sorry. Like, really genuine. I walked to the the principal with them, explained what happened. And, like, he's, like, you know, in pain, obviously. Um, but, like, it was kind of a, you know, I think if that was to happen now, it would be a big deal. Nothing yeah. nothing came of it. Like, yeah. he, he made fun of me and, like, made me feel bad for the rest of the year. And that yeah. was, like, the extent of my punishment. Like, that he was, you know, oh he God. wasn't, like, he, he wasn't, like, juvie. you know. You might be in juvie yeah. now. You might yeah, be in exactly. Juvie, you know? I know. But back then, <laughs> you, know, you, know, you know, the phrase that comes to mind is if you've seen The Running Man, when like Jesse Ventura is mad that they're suddenly trying to bring him into the hunting Schwarzenegger. It's like, this mm-hmm. is unacceptable. Code of the gladiators. <laughs> you know? like, that's, what I, that's what I think of. <laughs> like, that's pretty like, much that's what the it extent was. of it now. Like, yeah. You broke his arm. That's unacceptable. Code of the gladiators. You know? I, know. <laughs> I feel still feel bad about it. I'm sorry, Chris, if you're listening to this, Chris, I still feel bad about this. I really do. So, so like in seventh grade, I have a similar story to like this. Our recess, like you're right. Like there was like free time where it's like if you finish your lunch early, there was like 20 minutes of free time. It was everything from like basketball to like people just throwing balls at each other, playing spread eagle, you know? on the versus like just fights just 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 bullying you know just like just it was out of control and i was kind of a big kid in seventh grade like i grew i want to say i was like five six and like a buck 30 almost a buck 40 so i wasn't getting picked on much in seventh grade i was kind of a bigger kid i got a little bit of you know sometimes people but i remember there's this kid I'll remember his name. And I, if he's hearing this, uh, like the world owes him an apology. There's this kid. His name was Scott Pickering, if I remember correctly. And the kid was like six feet tall in seventh grade, like five, eleven, six feet, probably a buck 50 to a buck 60. And he kind of had long hair and kind of a mullet. And pe- I just, in my memory, I just have memory of just him just trying to walk and mind his own business and people just yelling and calling him names and just swarming him, you know, just swarming like, yeah, yeah, you stupid. Yeah. Like I just, in my brain, that's the image I have of Scott Pickering. And guy was so gentle and just trying to mind his own business and such a sweetheart and such a, you know, and one day near the end of seventh grade, I'm like getting a paper. I'm picking up my notebook and I'm not a small kid. I'm not tiny, you know, and I'm getting a paper and I turn around and I bump into Scott Pickering and I am just on the floor, you know, like he is Mm -hmm. just like 
It's like one of those like hockey checks when a guy wasn't looking where he was going and a guy just clears him out. Boom. Right. Like, <laughs> like I am I am on my back, legs spread, papers everywhere. Just um, just books in the air, just boom, like boom down. And people are like, oh, like I can hear it in the classroom, right? And Scott's like, oh, Philippe, I'm so sorry. 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 You know, he's saying that over and over again. He's picking me up. And I just remember like looking at him. It's like, it's okay. He's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And I'm just like, why didn't you just kick one of our... <laughs> just do it. Just like, I just felt like horrible for him for what he did. I was like, he should have just taken like one of us and just boom, you know, just, just like just Zangief kid him, just, just, just power boom. slammed him, just just knock it. Like he wasn't even trying, and he had me completely confused and spun and boom. He should have like picked one of us. He, he could have picked me. He could pick any of us. And just one good like bang, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like not even not even, not even have to throw a punch. He could just lowered her shoulder and dropped us, and it, it would have been like, oh, it would have been know? over. Yeah, he would have had a fine freaking junior year, fine seventh grade. He could have had fine seventh grade, been left alone. Probably you know whatever. I hope the kid grew up to be an internet millionaire. I hope he did. I hope he like. <laughs> I hope he's driving around and like a fleet of Teslas and he has security and he gets bottle service at the, at every discotheque and you know, whatever. Like, I hope he has the best I, I, because he had it so unfair, you know, like there, if there's justice in the world, that guy is like a, a senior tech developer for like Wyland Utani corporation or something, you know, or he's like, a, <laughs> you know, He's an early shareholder in Amazon, and he's right now waiting out COVID at some like resort. You know, <laughs> he's like ordering my ties and surfing every day. You know, Scott, Scott, if you hear this, just let us know how you're doing. Like, hopefully, this is all true. I don't know if Scott's listening to this right now, but he I might don't know be. if he is. But he if somebody be. knows him, if somebody knows this Scott Pickering who grew up in Dallas in the 1980s. I hope, I hope you're doing well, man. And you should have just beaten one of our butts. <laughs> you should have just knocked one of us the knocked one of us out like Ice Cube did to Debo in Friday. You know, <laughs> you know? just knocked one of us out. Boom. You know, like just teach us a lesson. Like Sean Penn in that movie Bad Boys when he's like first in prison, like. First day in prison, like he puts a fills a pillowcase full of soda pop and soda cans and <laughs> beats somebody up and gets thrown in isolation, but he's left alone the rest of the time. You know, mm -hmm. like all right, that's I guess that's how you got to do it. You know, like like and like and just thinking of like like thinking of junior high and middle school, it was like. Like now, I talk to parents like, yeah, I gotta keep my kids in the honors classes. I can't let them go fall into Gen Pop. I'm like, wait, you call it Gen Pop? <laughs> gen Pop? <laughs> yes. For real? Yes. Oh, they call man. it Gen Pop. They're like, my kid. He, he, I'm like, you better stay in those honors classes. You are not falling into Gen Pop. No way. 
not in that place. It's like, dang. Man. That's harsh, man. <laughs> I know. That is harsh. I'm de- I was definitely in gen pop. I had like one advanced English class that I I was in, but I was like, not, oh, you can probably tell by the way I talk. I was not an academic in any way, shape or form. I don't buy that. uh, You sound too, you sound too, you sound too intellectually interesting. It's not from anything that happened in school. If that's the case. (laughs) Must have (laughs) School. You done let me down, school. You school, I down. what school taught me was how to game the system. That's what I learned in school mostly. It was funny. I was just talking about this with some friends uh, the other day. Like, what did you, like you know some people who like some of my friends got an awful lot out of school, and I did not. I did not get hardly anything. Very very little yeah. came out of my education experience. Uh, and it wasn't necessarily because I had a poor school. I just think that it's not a system that I thrive very well in. I don't know what yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Can't explain it. Yeah, yeah. it's like I, 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 I giggle at the at so many concepts of the meritocracy and uh, modern society because now that we're watching it become come to a reckoning, I'm like, let's dispense with some of the bull here, okay? Like, um, <laughs> you know, like. I I went to a fancy prep school. I had good grades. I got into a fancy college. I went to fancy college. I promptly screwed it up for four years. Like, just did enough to, like, not have them, like, give me the, give me the, you know what I'm saying? Like, not extinguish my flame on Survivor Island, you know? Right. The bare Um, minimum. The bare minimums, you know? And I remember, like, just thinking about this, looking back, I'm like, I'm going to school and I don't know what on earth I'm going to do. Like my senior year of college, I'm like, what am I going to do? And I go to career services. I'm like, well, I might as well go to career services. And they're like, okay, your grades are pretty bad, but you did good in stats classes and you pretty much, and you crush the math SATs and you do this stuff and da da da. And how have you liked this? I'm like, oh, I'm okay. you know. And they're like, you know, there's one organization that's hired a lot of graduates from this college, and they just feel like our college and this organization dovetail very well. Like, you know, they found the students here have been hardworking and responsible and good and coachable. And uh, it's just worked out very well for the organization. A lot of people, they're hiring a lot of the undergrads. They're, they're starting at 35 grand a year, which in 1994, 596 was pretty good money at the time, you know, for someone mm-hmm. fresh out of college. Hell, people would take it now. Like, people would jump all over it. And they're like, and it's good money, and it's in Northern Virginia, and a lot of the people in Northern Virginia are comfortable with this, and, you know, it's not unfamiliar area, and it's easy to acclimate from after you leave, uh, you know, college here and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, well, what's the company? And they're like, oh, it's Arthur Anderson. And I'm like, okay. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And it's like, not seven years later is the whole Enron scandal. And Arthur Anderson had been cooking the books for Enron. Oh, I was like, why does that name sound familiar? But I don't know what it is. Yeah. So it was mostly like accounting and consulting stuff. And they'd been cooking the books for Enron the whole time. And I'm like, I can just so see so many of like my responsible, dutiful, conscientious, 
but also under pressure to, you know, maintain a living and keep up appearances and do all this stuff, like fellow graduates, like dutiful, coachable people being told, like, right off, con- you're not to call, you're not to call this, you're not to deduct this, you're to call it an asset. You're to say right. that these, you know what I'm saying? Like, you're like, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. you're to call this, you're to find this here. You need to create another corporation underneath Enron and then put the losses there. And then this company is profitable. You know, like you're just doing you, you just need to keep creating new and new stepchildren um, to keep this off the books. And like, I can just so see it, you know, like, oh, well, you know, you learn like in school, you learn these algorithms you're learning you learn multiplication tables and you learn inside outside algebra and you learn pythagorean theorems and all of these things and you're like okay 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 these are all just things i have to execute next you know you're you're a grown-up and you're like okay well this is what we do to create a shell corporation and how we uh hide the money here and this is how we deduct this and this is how we recalculate this person's compensation and this is how we uh fire these 500 people you know because they're you know, their drag on the balance sheet. And, you know, like, it, it's just, um, and this is, you know, and then this is how we shut off power to grandma because this is how we game California's electrical bills. You know, like, you, you just see, like, oh, this is all just part of the, you know, the homework, you know? And so it's it's interesting to me, like, like, I do, you know, you, you probably have a, a, a pretty headstrong five-year-old too. And I'm like, how much of this headstrongness do I want to beat out of him? Because I definitely do not want to see photos of my boy in 15 years posing in front of prisoners at Abu Ghraib. Right. <laughs> yeah, like, I know. I, I, I kind of want him just a... kicked out of the army by then, you know? <laughs> Dishonorable discharge would be good with you. It yeah, seems, or, uh, or just yeah, or, or D. What did they call it? D O R and officer and gentleman. Like I want your D O R, Mayo. I want it. You know, discharge on request kind of thing. Like, right. Yeah, I want your D O R, Mayo. You know, like I, like I'm like <laughs> yeah. I'd rather him have the D O R than like photos of jail. Him, like giving. Yeah, rather than him giving like the Instagram photo, like thumbs up next to like some somebody, you know, with electrodes hooked up to them, you know, like, you know, I, I, yeah, I've, I've, like that's sort of how, you know, like how much, how much order taking versus like scrutiny versus just getting by do we have to impose on our children? You know, that's, that becomes the balancing act. So. Uh, yeah, I have, I have, I struggle with this all the time where I'm like, what am I going to tell him? Because, you know, what my dad told me was good advice. Like, find a trade that you enjoy at least a little bit and find a good place to work, you know, good, just good, solid advice. But it didn't really work with my personality, obviously, Mm -hmm. because now I'm doing this. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I I got I got to the point where I had the really good solid job that probably was never going to go anywhere that uh, paid good money and I still every Monday would wake up and just be like yeah please no please tell me this isn't what I'm going to do today 
And it's not because like my coworkers were bad or anything like that. It, it was a good job. It was just did not work with my brain. It, it yeah. just didn't. And it took me until I was like 25 or so 26 to figure that out. Like to figure out that it is possible. It's not always easy, but it is possible to go and wake up every every day and not want to drive off of a bridge. Like, yeah, not literally, yeah. but, but like, like I wasn't, wasn't suicidal. That sounds harsher yeah. than I meant it. But like, yeah. it was like really like, I just don't want I really don't want to drive where I'm going today. And then a, and a guy that I worked with, like he doesn't know this, but like he said something to me that really drove it home inadvertently. Uh, it was the night shift lead. Yeah. And we kind of crossed over, you know, cause I had to like hand off stuff to him. Like, Oh yeah, we did this and this today. Here's what needs to happen tonight. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. And, uh, you know, all the guys there were a lot older than me. And he looked at me one night randomly and he's like, listen, man, you don't want to be me. Oh. <laughs> I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, this place. Look at it. Look, look at me. Do you want to be me when you get to my age? I was like, uh, you seem like you're doing okay. He's like, trust me, you don't want to be me. Oh. <laughs> like turned around and went to his computer and I was like, whoa. And then yeah. I got to my car and started driving. I was like, he's right. I don't want to be him. I like yeah. him as a person, but I don't yeah. want to end up in that position where I'm yeah. telling the guy 30 years younger than me that you don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to do what I did, kid. Like yeah. you don't want this. Like, wow, I got to change course. I got, I have to alter the direction and, uh, that's what I've been trying to do ever since. So yeah. here we are. We all got to figure it out. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think about it in the wake of everything going on be, be, between COVID between the, uh, the, the protests, which I want 1000% support. I mean, it's just, it's. I probably don't want to wander down a political line, but I am just like, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm, I was proud to put contribute, uh, with the Andy Summers pedal to, we contributed $4,000 to the community bail funds, uh, for protesters. Cause, uh, but like just thinking about like what we expect and what we were promised and maybe some of it is BS you know, like just being able to like, it's been, I've, I've found like I was getting a little frustrated living here in Colombia before this. And now I have this weird, um, you know, I'm lucky, you know, my wife, it's like, we, we realize we are lucky. I mean, or sometimes you can lose sight of that. I'm like two healthy kids We're crammed into a little house, but it's fine. You know? We have a roof over our heads. We have food on the table. Um, and I get to do something fun. You know, <laughs> like it's really <laughs> pretty good, you know. And in a weird way, I find myself really, really deeply missing some of the day-to-day -day or week-to-week -week stuff that I worry about going away permanently. I miss picking up smoked wings from this place every Tuesday that had them. I miss, mm. you know, uh, this, I miss, uh, I miss my local coffee shops when I was like, you know what? I'm sick of doing accounting in my office. I'll just go get coffee and sit and do the accounting there. You know, 
I miss the place I used to work out. I miss the place I used to pick up uh, an omelet, you know, or bre- late breakfast. I miss the, I miss a lot of these day to day places. I miss like, there's like one batch of shops that like, I remember I'm like, man, I once spent money in one, two, three, four, in five different shops in this little batch, like these little like neighborhood near us in an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like I bought shoes mm-hmm. at the skate shop. I dropped off uh, a guitar bag and some shoes for other shoes for repair at this like shoe and luggage repair place. Picked up coffee, went to the record store and bought albums on vinyl, you know, like picked up tacos for carry out. You know, I'm like, I'm like, I hit five businesses in it in an hour, you know? And mm-hmm. that's stuff that like, I really hope that stuff can come back, you know? Like, I really, that's the stuff that, that scares me and worries me because I'm like, I know each of these small business owners and every one of them was on narrow, damn, really narrow margins, you know? And of course, it's like, we've been lucky. Like, I mean, like, we've been making pedals. We had pedals in the pipeline. We had new products out. We've been <laughs> we've been strapped for getting supplies. That's an entire other story. Oh <laughs> like, yeah, you know you and everybody else. <laughs> me and everybody else. I knew this was going to be bad when, like, I tried to order a part we needed from China. That's normally like a four day turn, and like the website was down. I'm like, this Chinese website is never down. You know, that's like, not a good sign. And then I emailed and they're like emailed me like three days later, like, sorry, very delayed because of COVID. We'll open resite reupsite again in ten days. And then I was like, this place used to be like a four or five day turn. You know, I'm like, da da da. Next thing you know, like by the end of the, a week from the day, you'd have something from DHL. And I'm like, um when will I get this? So like, oh, we're looking like this was I remember like late January, early February. And they're like getting back to me like, huh, we'll have that part for you probably in early March. And I'm like, you're like, what? And, and you don't want to be yelling. Cause you're like, clearly that like at this point I was like, okay, news was getting out. They're getting creamed by an infectious disease, uh, you know, a, a pandemic, but you're just like, wow. Like, yeah, we're down to skeleton crews. We're really thin here. You know, I was like, oh my gosh. And I remember, my wife like going like if this knocked them out like this what on earth is it gonna do if it gets here you know because like i mean i in my imagination are or and 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 the response has been about like this let's be honest like in my imagination have you ever seen that simpsons when like mr burns assigns like the the fire drill to the nuclear power plant Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> it takes them like twenty five minutes to get out of the power plant, and they all are just running in circles and running into each other. And I'm like, I think it's going to be like this. Like, I think we have uh-huh. no idea what to do and when this will happen because it's like if this is knocked them on their butts this hard, I mean, and they are like, there's a reason a lot of manufacturing for a lot of stuff went to China. It's not just. It's not just like cheapness, so that was definitely part of it. But a big part of it was capacity, you know. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like Apple could sit there and like 
we need this screw made. Like we need this special kind of little hex star screw made for our laptops. It's like in the US, it's like you might find one or two people who can do that for you, and then in this quantity they can't, da da da. da. And in China, there's like there's there's well over a billion people there. You know? Right. And and the the, the the phrase I remember hearing was in China, you're told like if you're one in a million, there's a thousand more like you. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that, but it's totally true. Isn't it amazing? <laughs> that's so crazy. That's so crazy. But that's that... that's true. <laughs> wow. Wow. It's just blowing my mind right now. That yeah. is blowing my mind right now. <laughs> you know? Oh wow. Just so many people and so much talent and so fast at this stuff. You know? And I was like, like we had, you know, and, and it's not China, it's Taiwan, but we had like one enclosure maker for us in Taiwan. Like, we would like to make these enclosures. So like, okay. I send them, I was like, here's enclosures and here's like our measurements and here's our milling and drawing. And they're sending us back like, no, your milling and drawing is wrong. I'm like, what? Like, we've measured your enclosures, measured your drawings. Here's all the corrections. Here you go. And I just see it and I'm like, like I get these 3D pictures of it. And I'm like, oh, geez. Like, I feel like the most ham-fisted Neanderthal on a computer, like, here's our PDF and here's what I measured, you know? And they're like, no, you're wrong. You're wrong <laughs> about your own. You're wrong about your own product. And here's the proof. And I'm right. Like, How do you feel now? <laughs> like you the owner of your company and the designer of these products is actually wrong about these things on your enclosure and i'm like and i look and i'm like and i get back and i print it out and i look and i'm, and I'm like oh they are right wow like hmm. <laughs> like, hmm. like here's my drawing and here's my measurements and here's their drawing here's their measurements and they're right I should be quiet now. <laughs> so, so, you know, we've went, uh, as all of our episodes do, when you and I get together, all over the place. Not one guitar has been spoken of because, you know, that's how it goes. But you did say, and you didn't tell me what exactly, that you had something crazy brewing for, well, next week as we record this. But yeah this week as this episode releases can we talk about that or is that still yes we can DM? yes we can right, let's go yes we can what's going all on all right so we for the fourth of july we are doing four for the fourth and we are making four different pedals uh of two different models um selling through reverb i'm going to donate some money again to the graves family and also to uh the community bail funds but we're making Limited run versions of our Icarus and pizza pedals with a Rocky Four theme of America, 1980s America versus the Soviets. So <laughs> the Russian pizza has CCCP with P standing for pizza. And it says pizza eats you. And it's in crimson and white. <laughs> yep. Like Yakov Smirnov. Yes. Yep. Yes. Um, and then the Russian Icarus is red and yellow with like Sputnik and hammer and sickles and a comrade on it. And, um, 
you know, it's just ridiculous. And then like the American pizza, we did American pizza last year and it sold out in like an hour. I was like, my God, we have to do this again. Um, so the American pizza says American pizza and it's in like a bomb pop finish, like a red, white, and blue. And then Mm -hmm. it has uh, beer and fireworks and hot dogs as the icons. And, um, someone pointed this out to me. They're like, Ben, Ben Curley, who runs our operations, and uh, is like frequently my second opinion or the man who yells no no or before like his job is to say no or are you sure we want to do this you know um he pointed out to me very he's like hey this is great but i have to let you know there's no pizza on this pedal anymore (laughs) (laughs) and you're like i know it's called american pizza but there's like beer and fireworks and hot dogs and like you know, it's, it's ridiculous, you know, but it sounds awesome. It's fun. It's a wine pizza and it's a blast. And then there is an American Icarus and American Icarus has rock flag and Eagle icons. And, uh, in honor of Charlie from, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. He's a little rock flag and Eagle, um, mm-hmm. bit. And, um, what's hilarious. So I was collaborating with Ben Walker on these graphics and I was like, okay, we need, um, an eagle, right? So we have the eagle, you know, it's very like American festive, like presidential seal eagle. It's like, okay, we need the flag and we need, what I want is like kind of a Neil Armstrong astronaut holding the flag as he's on the moon. So we do that. Like we need rocks. So we talked about Mount Rushmore or uh, some other things or like whatever. <laughs> ben Walker, <laughs> ben Walker puts together. He's amazing, by the way. He, he He's a, uh, he collaborates with me on our graphic design since 2015, and he uh, he is the uh, main poobah of operations at Image Inc., which is a screen printer that does T-shirts for a lot of companies in our industry, like a whole bunch. Um, you know, I I could name drop a bunch, but if there's good likelihood, like if you have a cool printed T-shirt in our gear pedal industry, there's a good chance Image Inc. did it. Um, he then for the third icon is like i'm just putting this out there so you can laugh about it and shoot it down and we can move on and the third icon he does is mount rushmore but it's being scaled by a monster truck (laughs) (laughs) and i was like what could be what could be more american than desecrating a national monument or a park with an unauthorized all-terrain vehicle you know exactly what what just sums it up? So I was like, yes. So all three icons have the flag on them and all three of, and the monster truck. So it's rock flag and Eagle. Um, and the Icaruses both are, um, overdrives with a mix of silicon and germanium. They sound great. They have so much headroom. You can turn the gain all the way to zero in the volume. You can still get 12 decibels of boost. Um, so if you want to leave it completely clean and just crank that boost side, you can get clean boost, um, has a buffer or true bypass in there. Um, thing sounds really good and it's fun. And we give a proceeds portion of the proceeds to, uh, the wife and child of Aaron Graves who passed away, uh, who basically had me mod his first Icarus. And that became sort of the model for what we do with these pedals. Um, and, um, I gotta say just like, it's just fun. We're getting to do some stuff. And it was nice that, you know, like I don't have to ask permission from the corporate to do these stupid things. 
And then we filmed this ridiculous video. Um, I've been fascinated with like conspiracy videos on YouTube where they're just like the real truth. The absence of the evidence is proof of the conspiracy. You know, like very. <laughs> oh, yeah. I the love government, that stuff. The, the government is so good at covering this stuff up. You know, we're like, you know, all that stuff that we decided like to cast me as a um, as a uh, high performance sports coach from the 1970s and 80s whose history was erased. And I had trained all the greatest champions and interview me pandemic style or pandemic style. Um, and I just kept BSing and we filmed this ridiculous footage of, uh, our friend Ben in a 1980s USA track suit. And then our friend Eric in a, uh, <laughs> it's a jump, an Adidas jumpsuit that we modified with Soviet patches to, to look like he's <laughs> a, to look like he's a Soviet <laughs> so it's sort oh, of like man. meant to be like those montage sequences and like rocky four um of the american and soviet athlete both working out you know and mm -hmm. uh we filmed in like our our building which is a weirdly uncomfortable like the basement of a building we work in is weirdly good at being a stand-in for like a dilapidated former soviet state building you know it's like just full of like it's definitely got a trashed quality to it. Um, and, uh, you know, it's definitely got like a post Chernobyl abandoned building kind of vibe. And, uh, we just filmed like, we just did ridiculous stuff. And it was hilarious to me to do this interviews and film these footage of like the guys like acting like the pedals are like workout apparatuses and like doing curls and military presses with them. And like, uh, my employees, Chris and Ben recorded like this ridiculous, like montage music. That's almost like, it's kind of like Scarface, like push it to the limit, da -da -da, like that kind of music, but without the lyrics, but it just has like the kind of shreddy danger zone guitar. And like, it was just a blast. And I love that we, we didn't have to ask permission, you know? Like, because I can picture if I had to answer to a board of directors, there's no way this ever gets done, you know, or if I of course to, like if I have to pitch this up the corporate ladder, it gets like completely neutered. And as it is, it's completely ridiculous. And my acting is so bad in it. Like I, I, I try an accent in the beginning and then I give it up like 30 seconds. In. <laughs> so it kind of, my accent's kind of like Kevin Costner's and Robin Hood, you know, just sort of like, and that's enough of that, you know? Right. Um, in and out, or, in and out, all of a sudden it's gone. Or like, you see, like, I think I saw the Avengers Ultron movie and I was like, wait, is Elizabeth Olsen trying to do like an Eastern European accent? Cause I don't remember her doing this in any of the other movies, you know, like she's definitely not doing this in Captain America or the other Avengers or whatever. Like, her Wanda is definitely trying to do like an accent in one of the movies. And then it's like, let's just not do that, Liz. Okay. <laughs> this isn't working. Yeah. We need, we need to stop. Just Wanda speaks like an American because she's been in America long enough by now. Okay. Like, let's just run with that, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, uh, it, it, it's just fun. And we're, we're getting to, to do something and it's nice to make this pedal and we'll probably do a wider release of this pedal because uh, it's basically our parabola preamp or our meteor 
preamp, but just mainly as an overdrive, as a separate drive, because people are like, how can I get this part just as a drive? So we did as a drive. And it's cool, and it's fun, and it's really easy to dial up in a hurry and get something. Kind of like the pizza is, where it's like you turn off that part of your brain where you like want to like balance and analyze things, and instead you just sort of go by feel and you get something in a, in, in a hurry, you know? And mm-hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot with like guitars and different stuff where you're like, my favorite guitars are the ones where I don't even find myself thinking about any quality of the guitar whatsoever, you know? Like, oh, I put on this Les Paul and I'm playing less like a, like, I understand I'm playing a Les Paul. And instantly you get those kind of feedback loops that you get from a Les Paul. You get that brown sound, you get that 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 creaminess from them you get that weight of the instrument pulling you down you have that um you know you, you hit that low you hit a g note on the on the sixth string and you it instantly sounds like the beginning to any led zeppelin song ever you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think about that i'm like how much i delight playing that les paul and like certain other guitars i have where i find myself not even thinking about it you know like I'm on this Les Paul or I'm on this um, this Nash T63 or on certain guitars. Um, my Novo is starting to move in that direction a little bit for me the more I play it. But just I love when it's like you don't have to think about the guitar anymore. You know? Like you just know the thing and you're so familiar with it. You know what to do. And you deal. You know? It's like... Oh, you're too hot. Well, you just turn the volume down a tiny bit, you know, or, oh, you're too bright. You just turn the tone down a little bit, you know, or you switch pickups or, oh, you need a little more air in it. You find a middle position, you know, like just these things you're not even thinking about anymore, you know? Um, Yeah. And I'm trying to bring some of that to the pedals a little bit, you know? Make them an extension and not really like a super involved high tech piece of wizardry which are also beautiful things but like yeah some like you know there's something to be said about a les paul jr you Mm -hmm. know like it's got one pickup two knobs and it's just a rock and roll machine and you know sometimes have i sent you pictures of my of my sg that's like that like i I have a red s i have a 71 sg 100 with just a single p90 and two it's kind of like you're like what you're describing on the junior yeah it's amazing you know, mm-hmm. you just don't think, you know, yeah, you're right. And then you just deal. You're like, oh, I'm not getting the tone I immediately want. Oh, you just deal. You play a little differently. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'll just strum near the neck now or whatever, you know, it, it's kind of fun because those, I mean, I like options. I like all kinds of blinky lights and whatever, but mm-hmm. I also get a kick out of, uh, what's a bomb going off in your house? What's going on? Uh, always, always the wrong wire, man. Always the wrong wire. You Um, always got to cut the yellow one with the blue stripe. That's what you got to do. That's what I've always done. I don't know what's happening uh, exactly, Philippe, but I think the government is trying to keep us from conversing because our our call just dropped for no reason, which doesn't make any sense. But we're back right at the end of the episode. Can you hear me? Oh, you're back. There you go. I'm back. Oh, you know, you know, okay. who, you know who's doing this? Carol Baskins is eating our podcast. Right <laughs> Carol effing Baskins. It is. It's Carol Baskins. I you should know? have known. Carol Baskins. 
Carol, you oh, remember when man. Carol Baskins was a thing? It feels like a million years ago already. It does. I know. You know? It was not that. It was like a month and a half ago, but it feels like two years. Did you know that? Um, so did you watch all of uh, Tiger King? Oh, yeah, I did. And I can't tell if I could would recommend it to somebody or not. So <laughs> it's so, so bizarre. So the family of the Lauren girl married to the Jeff guy, the redheaded girl, oh, yeah. like the 20 some kind of cute 20 somethingers girl. So mm-hmm. like her family is like less than a mile from my house. Oh, for real? Yeah. I was like, what must they be thinking watching this? Or did they know this already? And like there's like all they knew. there's all kinds of gossip happening around Columbia, Facebook and Twitter when that stuff was happening. People like just come out of the work are like, I went to high school with a girl, you know, it's like, <laughs> like all kinds of gossip and all kinds of stuff. But I'm like, this is he's like, you better be on that treadmill, honey. If you have that baby, you know, I want to pick the nanny, you know, and I'm like, oh, God, this is so awful. Yeah. Oh yeah, fl- that guy is the uh he's like the antithesis of everything that I'm trying to be. Yeah. Is that <laughs> Affliction t-shirts? You know what I also saw saw as frightful is I could picture a whole bunch of incel dudes watching Doc and Jeff and that whole world and thinking I can't That's hook up I with a lady. Do. I got to do this yeah. is what I got to do. Yeah. And I'm like, Apparently, "Oh no. Oh, this no. is the way forward." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I, I, I can't say an unsynthetic because you look at Jeff and you look at the Lauren and you're, at Lauren and you're like, "Dang, dude, you're you're kind of hitting out of your league right now," you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like it, it's like, huh? Well, maybe there's something to this, but it's like, no, just no, please don't, no, yeah, please yeah, stop, yeah. Or stop like, everything or, you're doing. Or the, the 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 Doc Antle guy with his weird harem. Like, yeah, that's that's in Myrtle Beach. That is less than like a couple hours. I've played shows there and I'm like, wow, Myrtle Beach. <laughs> a weird hair in there, you know, and like it, I, I just the whole thing. Oof. And it feels like a million years ago now. I feel like I might oh, as well be so describing I might as well be describing what it felt like to watch Superbad in the theater right now. You know, it does. It feels like almost the same thing. Yeah, it, it's so <laughs> weird. Far away, like, are you talking about two thousand four or something? You know, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> man, <laughs> yeah. Well, it feels like a million Philippe, years ago. Yeah, we, we did get cut off like right as I was going to ask you something that I I've never asked you. Yeah, because uh, we're right at that hour mark for the main episode, awesome. and we've added a classic question in since the last nice. time you were on the show. So nice. Since I already talked to you about pizza and all that stuff. Yep. Here's the new one. What is your favorite boss pedal? Favorite boss pedal. I have a secretly weird favorite boss pedal. Kind of a surprise. Um, my first instinct is to say the um, digital pitch shifter delay, the PS3. That's a pretty common answer. Yeah, that's a very common answer. I think there was like that was very formative for a lot of uh, players and builders and designers of uh, of a certain era and age. But I'm going to go. I'm going to go with a surprise here. I think my favorite boss pedal is the LS2 line selector. 
Ooh, that is a. I don't think I've had anybody pick that one. That's because a new here's one. what the LS2 does. The LS2 can do A or B switching and has two loops with two separate 20 dB boosts on either of them. And you can set up two different effects loops and you can either choose A or B or A to B, like A through B, or A and B in parallel or A and B in parallel on bypass. Like you can do a bunch. It, it's basically, it's almost like the ancestor of something like the Swiss things by EQD mm-hmm. or like, or like the, um, the, the, uh, the, the, the one that old blood does the mixer, right? The signal blender. Yeah. Yeah. Signal yeah. blender. So the, the LS two is almost like the, the ancestor of that, right? You got the two loops and it solves so many problems. Like, I mean, I've seen guys like, I play a P bass and a jazz bass and I just have a line selector. So I just switch which one a or B. So I get a boost. If I have to switch to go to the bass, that's like less loud, you know, Mm -hmm. or if they're playing like an old P bass and like a stingray or some hefty pickup thing, they can go that, you know, you there. It's fantastic. If you're bored with your existing distortions to take a line selector and then set up two loops and then, like, well, let's see what happens when we mix these, or let's see what happens when we series these things, or let's do a straight A-B comparison between these things, just see if I'm hearing things right, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's just an incredibly useful thing that can, like, refresh a lot of stuff in your playing, especially in a studio setting where you're like, let's see if we can create some kind of hybrid of these sounds i just think it's like the most underrated boss pedal you find them for less than 50 bucks all the time and they can just rejuvenate a whole bunch of stuff in your setup you know like i think i just think it's just a massively underrated pedal i don't think i could go i I, if i ever start getting very serious about home recording again I think I don't think I can go. I think you abs the, the three pedals. I'd say the three boss pedals. I think people absolutely have to have are the TU two or TU three because you need a tuner, right? You need the NS two noise suppressor because sometimes you just got to quiet a darn awful sounding thing down, you know. But then NS two mm-hmm. also has a loop as well, so you can quiet things in a loop, you know. So if you're like, we need this phaser, but we don't need the constant, you know, thing like, can we gate, can we gate just what this phaser is doing, you know, and you can gate that. And then the third is the LS2. I just think those are all like kind of marvelous utility products. Well thought out. You trust them. You can get them anywhere. You know, it's like. You got an AB between two different amps. It's like I've had so many different AB and ABY boxes that mess up and fail and home guide guys and da da da. And it's all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, I just grab LS2 and put it at the end of my rig and feed it to two amps. Boom. You know. Done. Done. Ready to go. Yeah. And I like that great. answer. Yeah. That's that's a solid answer. I'm Thank surprised you. no one else has brought up the LS2. That is a that is a good one. I, I just like think it. it's yeah, and it's one of those things that's like for 40, it's an amazing. It's an amazing gift idea. 
Oh, yeah. Especially for the price. You yeah. can really I need to get something for, for somebody. For, yeah, I need to get something for somebody for less than 60 bucks and something that maybe they'll put to use. And it, it's one of those gifts like I always remember the coolest gifts are the ones where you're like, you're not that crazy about the moment you get it. But then all of a sudden it just like grows on you, you know, like mm-hmm. at our wedding, my one one couple gave us a Wustoff knife and we didn't really think much. I was like, oh, OK, a chef's knife, whatever. There's like 16 years later, I'm still using that Wustoff like five times a week. You know, and I'm like, gosh, mm-hmm. this is the best gift. <laughs> you know? like, it's like, I've gotten it resharpened twice and it's just amazing. And I'm like, oh, and if that one's dirty, I'm like mad. I'm like, I should just buy like six more, of these. <laughs> you know, like, like it's so good. At the time I was like, oh, someone bought us a knife. Okay. You know, like, and I feel <laughs> it. Yeah. You know, LS2 is like that, you know? So if you're struggling with a gift for a fellow guitar player, something that might be useful or save their butt and you just want to not spend too much money. I say an LS2 is a, is a, is a good choice. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. This has been long overdue. I'm so happy we did this and, uh, I'm ready to slide over to Patreon. If you are, dude, I'm in, count me in. Let's do it. All right, everyone for Philippe. This is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right, there you go, folks. There you have it. So check out Philippe's stuff. He's one of my favorite people. He's such a cool dude. I could talk to him all day, and it would just make me so happy. We actually did talk extra. We talked a little more for Patreon. So if you go to patreon.com slash tonemob, where for $5 a month, you can help support the show and get extra content delivered to your ears every week. So if you enjoyed these conversations, there are more. There are a ton of episodes over on Patreon exclusive for those people. Thank you to everyone who supports the show over there. And yeah, lots of extra juicy content for you, including more conversation with Philippe, which is dropping the same time that this episode drops. So go check that out if you'd like. And make sure you check out Philippe's Pedals caroline guitar company the whole thing it's a great time in the meantime i will be on all the socials at the tone mob you can hit me up on instagram that's my favorite platform and that's where i spend most of my time or the tone mob facebook group if you go to facebook and search the tone mob you'll see a private group come up you can request to join answer the questions we'll let you in and then you can see all the pizza posts all right people i'll talk to you next week goodbye One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com slash Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much.
Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.